I'm Ryan Shazier, and we're on Chasing Birdies. Everybody, thanks for joining us today on another great episode of Chasing Birdies. Mr. Peppy, what's up, my man? Oh, not too much, bud. Another another week of golf. How was it? It was good. Last week, we pegged it up at Muirfield Village. Was, I mean, how good is that spot? But, I mean, they could have played the tournament there that day. Right there. So good. We played a little golf there and uh, had some milkshakes, and then we moseyed on home. And then I played Crooked Stick on Monday. Oh, wow. At the Moyer Open, which very close friend of, of mine. And uh, Brandon went out there and played in the the Moyer Open at Crooked Stick, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another gem. So I'm you're a feeling bit good, of a, bud. A little bit of a heater. You're getting you're getting a good tune up here for the uh, Pete Todd member guests at the end of May. Yeah, which you know we I'm need really to try excited to, about. Try to bring that home. Yeah, last week was brutal for me. I got 90 holes in 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 five days. Yeah, tell everybody a little bit because last year we had the conversation yep. with Bob Rotella mm-hmm. on on finishing strong mm-hmm. and and all that. So tell us a little bit about your yeah. your showing at the Mid Am. Yeah, no, West Virginia State Mid Am over at Williams Country Club in Weirton. It was phenomenal. Good spot. And uh, congrats to the champ there, Jess Farrell, on that. But no, I mean, you know, played a qualifying round Monday morning, 18 Monday afternoon, 18 Tuesday morning, 18 Tuesday afternoon. You know, I got beat over there on the 21st hole. 18, uh, Josh Arbaugh made a hell of a birdie on 18 to all square the match, and we went into extras and uh, lost it on the third playoff hole. But you know what, bud? I'll tell you this. I was really happy with how I held myself in there. In all four matches, I was never down once. That's good. The lowest I mean, the match was was all square. That's that's um, good playing though. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. So I mean, you were what four under in a twenty-two hole match that you lost. Yeah, and he, yeah. So yeah. and again, mm-hmm. it, that's the thing about golf is it's one little mistake. You know, he doesn't make one putt in the regulation and you win another hole or vice, vice versa, versa, whatever. Yeah, that's why match play is so match so play. Awesome. Yeah, match play. It definitely makes you think differently. Yeah, so, well, good playing, bud. Thanks, bud. I know that you hit it pretty good at Muirfield mm-hmm. until the ninth hole, oh. and then that was kind of your debacle, but after uh, that, you, you picked it up a little bit, but you're rolling the pill pretty good with a Betnardi putter, so that's good to see. I'm, I'm liking where the game's going into member guests for Pete Dye. Mm-hmm. Also, Love please it. do not forget, this episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. Make sure you check them out at lynxbrewing.com. They have a few different beers there but they also have one in particular the chase and birdie blondale which has been very well received so go on over to their website at linksbrewing.com check them out see what they got they got a cool shop as well so yeah go order yourself great beers great time to crack a beer now with spring here and summer right around the corner gee whiz man today our guest on chasing birdies ryan shazier former nfl linebacker for the pittsburgh steeler and he legitimately is a walking miracle yeah Um, i mean you talk about chasing birdies yeah we do that in golf but this guy was chasing birdies he still is and it's incredible his story to hear how dude he never gave up never no ever and when you listen to the interview you there's gonna be percentages out there that were given to him uh, if he was going to walk again and pretty much that percentage meant nothing to him yeah so it's, it's a truly truly incredible story we are so thankful for him coming on spending time with us absolutely so and, and oddly enough, tonight we're headed to the Ryan Shazier Gala and playing tomorrow in the uh, golf outing that he has over there at Fox Chapel. What? Uh, is it Fox Chapel? No, it's a Pittsburgh Field Club. Pittsburgh Field Club. That's it. That's it. Um, but we're making our first appearance, boys. Yeah, but you got your Sharpie already, I know. You got two of them. <laughs> two. Probably won't use it once. <laughs> so let's roll on over to Ryan Shazier. Y'all enjoy this one. As you all know by now, Chasing Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces to help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasingbirdies.com to get some custom Chasing Birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasingbirdies.com. And hold on to born at hbgolf.com. All right, y'all. We are here at Nemecolon Resort in Farmington, Pennsylvania, with a special guest today, Mr. Ryan Shazier. My man, thanks. How you doing? For joining us. I'm doing great, dude. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm going to be honest. Uh, 
I didn't know this was Farmington, PA. I thought it was Neiman Colon, PA. You, know <laughs> <laughs> well, you learn something every day, right? Yeah, right. Didn't your parents teach you? You'll learn something every single day. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. So we're in Farmington, PA, April, and it's miserable out. So there's something new. Well, we live in Pennsylvania, so we kind of know what the weather's like. I know. And and believe me, it causes like seasonal depression for me. I know you probably being from Florida, having a sunshine state, now it's like, oh, clouds. But so you're so what part of Florida? Best, make the best of it. I'm from Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, where people go to you know, get <laughs> vacation. Away from, yeah, to get away from this type <laughs> of stuff. Um, but I've been I've been up north. Like I got hurt my fifth year. This will be ten years up north for ten years. Then I was at Ohio State for three years. So I, you know, thirteen years of my life I've been up here. So it's kind of part to, of your blood now. At this yeah. point, you can't go back. Yeah, and then to me, I just love Pennsylvania because it's not as fast paced, especially Pittsburgh. As a Fort Lauderdale or Miami, mm-hmm. so when it comes to like raising my kids and things like that, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. And I can't really go back to Florida because my wife's from Texas, so it's it's like I can't go home and she can't go where she wants to go. I think the the, the fair ground is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh. It's and it's a great city. Yeah, I is. mean it really is. Yeah, it really is. So you come out of high school, dominant football player. You commit to the University of Florida, okay, and then you change to Ohio State. Was there a reason or what was it? Yeah, like my whole life is just like a lot of crazy stuff happened. So I was committed to Florida for like two years. Being from Florida, going to the University of Florida to play football, that's your dream as a kid. Yeah, so actually I grew up a Florida State man. Like mm-hmm. I, I grew up a Florida State fan. I had about 50 offers as a, as a kid. Damn. And my first offer was Florida State. My first offer ever was my favorite school ever. So what the hell happened? The position I played, they had a lot of linebackers. Like, they had a lot of linebackers. And to me, I played defensive end in high school, and I was transitioning into a linebacker. So I didn't want to go somewhere that had 12 guys that I had to fight for a position. I felt like I was good enough. I still would have made it out of the split it out of the group. But also I had to just look at things like, hey, what's the best situation for myself? So that's why I didn't go to Florida State. I loved it, but I just that's not what's best for me. Um, the reason we was going to go to Florida is – you know, they just they won a national championship. Tim Tebow was there. Then uh, Coach Meyer, he was the head coach there for a while. So it was like, man, this is consistent. They're doing good, consistent winning. Florida was far from home, but it wasn't too far. It was like it was four and a half hours from right. my house. So if my parents wanted to pop up on me, they could. But normally, if you're driving four and a half hours, you're going to let the person know, like, hey, Ryan, I'm coming in town. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't want to be, like, so far away that – like they couldn't see you. They couldn't see me. So I thought Florida would be the perfect fit. My dad wanted me to go to University of Miami, which is 15 minutes from my house. But that, out of my 50 offers, they were the last one hmm. to offer me. And then I think they were just like, "Oh, he's a, he's home. Yeah, he's, local you know, boy. Yeah, he's probably gonna. It'll be, but he, it'll be easy for us to yeah, get him. Yeah, it'll be easy for us to get him, but obviously not. So then, so I was committed to Florida, and then I was going to school early, and. Uh, so most kids go to school in July, and I was going to school in January because I graduated high school early. And then when I was about to go to school in December, Urban Meyer resigned. Mm. So when he resigned, I had two weeks left to like, oh, snap. Change. I'm going. What school am I going to go to? And school, the day he resigned, Ohio State and LSU were both at my school. Like both of the coaches were at my school. And when he resigned, like normally they'll come say, hey, because it was me and another kid named Jeremy Cash. Both of us had a lot of offers. We had a lot of people looking at us. So coaches would come through all the time. And we had other guys that went to smaller schools, but me and Jeremy were the big-name guys at the school. And when he resigned, and they already knew I was going to Florida, instead of them coming by, it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, just trying to see how you're catching up. They like they stayed the whole day. Because they were just like, obviously, we're going to have to talk to Ryan. We're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not leaving this damn high school until you make a decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they was, they was basically like – Right, we're not leaving the high school until we talk to Ryan, see where his mind is at. And then I, I told him, like, even before I talked to my parents. And your dad t- kept you in the, school, in the room. He locked the door. He wouldn't let you out. You're going to Miami. <laughs> no, <Nah>, so <laughs> my dad wanted me to, but he's he seen the, just how they were handling the situation. So he knew, like, I'm not going there. So uh, they came to the school. And I, before, I normally talk to my dad about everything. Like, I talk to my parents about everything. And this is the one situation I didn't even have to tell my dad. My dad kind of already knew in my head. When when this happened, I already told both the coaches. I was like, "Hey, I have two weeks to figure out what school I'm going to. If y'all can give me within, if y'all can give me to y'all school within these two weeks to visit, then I can probably make a decision on where I want to go." So this was before I even talked to my parents. 
that day, Ohio State was like, all right, cool. Um, let me talk to Coach Trestle. He was the coach at the time. And LSU was like, let me talk to Les Miles. LSU literally flew me out the next day. No. They flew me out the next day to visit there. And then I left there. Then I, I waited a day at home. And then the, the next weekend, then like two days after that, I went to Ohio State. And then I like came home and I had to make a decision. Yeah, it was so it was, I, I had to really figure out what school I wanted to I mean, to. as but, an 18-year-old, that's insane, man. Yeah. Well, that's well, insane for an 18-year-old to make that decision. I mean, you're talking about SEC or Big, Big Ten. Ten. Yeah. I mean, and that's but I'm picking quite the it. difference. I'll be honest with you. I'm picking it. That's me in that position. Well, I but The golf. only thing you're doing is picking your nose, all right? so. <laughs> but what I'm saying, if I'm picking them between those two schools, but I'm going to LSU for the food. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, like, but, but, but my whole life. I was alerted to seafood, but now. That's not funny, but we'll get into that. Until <laughs> yesterday. No, so that's that's a big decision. I had to really make a real tight decision. And when I went to LSU, I visited by myself. I visited the school by myself. Then Ohio State, my dad came with me. So when I visit LSU, my dad would say, hey, Ryan, just have a good time. Do every, everything. Like, just enjoy your time. Whatever you do, just don't commit at the school when you're there. Because the coaches, when you go to the school, they're gonna be like, "Hey, are you coming here?" Like, mm-hmm. they, like they're trying to like not bait you a little bit, yeah, bait you, but they're they're trying to lock you in, you know. And my dad was like, "Hey, don't don't commit because that's a decision that we need to make as a family, mm-hmm. you know." So he was like, "Whatever you do, don't commit." So I was like, "All right, man." And I had a really good time. I was like, "Man, I'm definitely going to go to LSU." I told everybody like, "I'm going to LSU." I had a great time, and then I came back from. Uh, LSU then me and my dad flew to Ohio together because it was a weekend so my dad can get off and stuff so we went to Ohio State together on the plane to Ohio I told my dad I'm like yeah I don't even know where I'm going here I'm going to LSU wow <laughs> yeah what <laughs> yeah. so what changed your mind when you got there so when I got there it probably could have been one of the worst visits somebody could have ever had and the reason I say that is because I'm from Florida and when I visited Ohio State it was negative four degrees so you're probably there in January yeah uh it was no. December. It was late December. I don't know yeah. why it was that yeah. cold in December, but it was negative four mm-hmm. when I when I visit. And it was I came from eighty degrees. When I flew in, I, I flew in with like basically like what I have on now, like light sweats, you know, like windbreaker type of clothes. And then like literally I got off the plane. We walked outside and I told the like the recruiting guy, I was like, Hey, like I need to get my like I need to go buy something so I can cause it's too cold. You know, so I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Uh, he said, Don't worry, here you go. <laughs> right. So he um, <laughs> look, so we me and my dad ended up going to the store, like bought a jacket and then we had a, a good time, but it was in the middle of bowl season too. So like they were practicing for bowl games and all that type of stuff. So a lot of their players weren't even there. So I went to go to I went on a visit and a lot of the guys that I would spend time with and get to know I couldn't really get to spend time with them because one day they were there, then the next day everybody, like literally the whole team, was leaving to go to New Orleans for the bowl? for the Sugar Bowl. Oh, that's right, yeah. So some of their visit was there, and then some of it wasn't. So it was cold. I didn't get to spend as much time, and then that's when they were on quarters instead of semesters. So the whole school was out of school. So imagine visiting the school and it's no there's students. No, there's no feel for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but. The thing is, what made me want to go there is, like, I, I thought about just the whole situation. I was like, hey, if I play in the Big Ten with my skill set, I could probably thrive. And then also, the the guys I was around, like, I was – the guys I spent time with, I'm like, man, these guys remind me of, like, me. Like, right. like the same upbringing, the same type of guys. I feel like I would feel comfortable around mm-hmm. these type of guys mm-hmm. compared to, like, guys at LSU. They were cool, but it was just – I feel like – we were just like mental state and just the, the personalities. I just didn't feel like they were they matched as well. Mm-hmm. Like the time in LSU was great, but just how I was my upbringing and just what I was about in my family. Like I yeah, just felt it like didn't it didn't mesh. It didn't mesh as well as Ohio. So like the visit wasn't awesome, but it was just like the people made me feel comfortable. They made me feel like hey, like this is this. They have the same kind of upbringing. These are the same type of guys. They have the same type of personality. They're, yep. they're more like we like to have a good time, but it's still more like hey, I'm focused on football. But then I know how to get, have a good time and not do nothing stupid. You know, yeah. like and I think that was I wanted to be more around guys like that. And yeah, kind of good good people. You know, yeah. and yeah, good so, mindset. I'm not saying had. that LSU had bad people. Right, just, I just felt like different. The, yeah, it was a good. So yeah. so real yeah. quick because what's now going on in college football, and I'm saying this to you because you were one of the best at your position for Ohio State of all time, NIL, okay? What, what's your thoughts on that for, I mean, you've played in the NFL. You've made good money. 
when you look back on it, do you think that that's the way for a college athlete like to make money? The, uh, to or me, do you think it's fair as a player? Because what if you and I are playing, all right? We're on the Buckeyes, and, and I'm a quarterback, and you know they sign you for a million bucks, and they sign me for a hundred thousand. I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? You know, because it's like so, you're like still the, the, young. Co- the coaches don't really sign you. It's more about like the the, the companies, the and companies stuff. And yeah, right. Stuff. To me, I feel like it's I'm I'm actually happy the guys are getting paid, and the reason I say this is. Like for instance, like say you 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 were raised in a, a middle class home, mm-hmm. you know, you never really wanted for anything. You were blessed, and you were able to make it to college football, mm-hmm. you know. So and so making making a hundred thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a whole lot of money. But making a million dollars, that's a whole lot of money. But you know, you don't have to ever give that money to your family. You know, they still can be all right. There's mm-hmm. some guys that literally, when the coach go visit them, their uh, living room is cement. Mm-hmm. Some guys like they don't they're, they're sharing clothes, they're sharing rooms with their family members. So sometimes that's a way to provide for their families. So I think it's a good it's a good thing for a lot of guys and then also Ohio State on any given day on a football day in Ohio is probably making 10 million dollars, 15 million dollars at least in the game. You know, and everybody's wearing a I'm going to just use my name for instance, a number 10 jersey. It mm-hmm. could have been Troy Smith, it could have been mine, but and they, everybody's wearing my jersey. And I get zero dollars from that. I feel like that's that's kind of unfair to some people. And then also, a lot of guys are like, man, you know, they get a free education. Name one kid at that school that education has provided. Like, obviously, if they blown up and became, you know, Lex Wexner or something like that and can give the money back. Most kids at that school, their degree is not bringing back. Ten million dollars to the school, a no. hundred million dollars to the school. No. You know, so I don't feel like that's a fair uh, indication. And then this is the last part. I'm sorry for cutting you off. It's the last no, part. Yeah. I like is that some guys are awesome in college and not awesome in the NFL. So yeah. like, for so that's us, like their payment for being good at what they're at that moment. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's it's right. Like for it's instance, a good way to look at it. So like it Tim is. Tebow was awesome in college. And how much money did he make in Florida? Yeah, right. He was awesome in college. Like, I almost went there because he was one of the guys that was there. You know, and Tim Tebow was awesome. And I'm not saying that he wasn't good in the NFL, but he was awesome in college. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine him in NIL. Like, that's mm-hmm. like Bryce Young or, you know, like those type of guys, Lamar Jackson. Imagine him in, in college. I feel like they deserve that because just as many people watch college football as oh. NFL. Well, not as many, but it's, it's close. It's very close. Yeah, some people eat, breathe, and sleep those, that college football that don't have it in their, their territory. So this is something I thought about that I thought would be good. You, you, you said something there that said, you know, people come from nothing, yeah. essentially, right? So let's just say that guy makes a, they Somebody pays him a million bucks, all right? Nemecolon comes in and says, hey, here's a million dollars for the quarterback. What if they, 500000 they get then, and five hundred thousand goes into basically like an investment of some sort, so that they can have that down the road. Because again, eighteen year old with a million bucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you, it's that's not good. Yeah, I, I definitely you feel like, like you know I agree with you. I feel like there's a way that we need to understand how to teach the guys about how to also save it or invest it or grow it. Because, like you said, if I came from nothing, mm-hmm. obviously. Most of the people that I'm around, they don't have the financial literacy to understand how to successfully continue to make right. money. Yeah. You know, so I feel like like if they have some type of investment or have something like you get half here and half later, I think that would be that would be great for a lot of the guys. But I do feel like the guys should be paid because some of them are much better than a lot of guys in the NFL. It's a lot more people know who Bryce Young is than the backup quarterback for the Steelers. Or are the you know are the starting tight end for the Steelers, and I know them, you know, like, but somebody in Nebraska knows who Bryce Young is, yes, you know, but they might not know who, you know, our third string running back is, right, you mm-hmm. know, so that's I feel like that those type of guys deserve that, like people across the world know who Kenny Pickett is, and he's at Pitt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and normally people wouldn't know who that is, but with him playing as well as he has, he's going to be in the first round of the draft because mm-hmm. of that. So I You're think I, number six. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like they deserve it. No, in, in that, those are all great points. I, I don't disagree with you, and, and not to stay on that subject much longer, but I mentioned that when we had Marcus Allen on the podcast. You know, I, I think that the NIL is great for the, the players. It creates more of a challenge for the colleges to maintain the continuity across the board for, from 
year to year with their teams. I mean, you know, look at basketball, for example, or, or mm-hmm. you know, obviously football, but, I mean, transfer portals going left and right. People are leaving teams after yeah. they've had great years. What, Dude, a, what about the, the guys from Alabama? or uh, No, from Georgia. Georgia. He yeah. wins the national championship receiver, and he transfers after they win to Alabama. So it's yeah, just now. That, so you, you know the best receiver on Alabama this year was at Ohio State? No way. Jamison Williams, he was our fourth receiver at Ohio State. <laughs> Like, so and, I'm not, and I'm not trying. He's awesome. He's going to go in the first round. Yeah. Like, if he if he didn't get hurt, he's definitely going in the first round. I don't know what like the situation now, but you know, Chris Olave, he's first round. Gary Wilson's first round, and then Jackson and Jigba, who's the kid who just went off, tore, tore off last year. Yeah. You know, and then think about this: the quarterback for Texas had an awesome year. He's the starting quarterback. The coach from you know Oklahoma, awesome year. Caleb Williams, awesome. Mm-hmm. His coach leave. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. Now I'm at USC. I, I, to me, I feel I feel like it's, it's awesome. It's getting a little out of control. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome that they can transfer, but it is a little bit out of control. It's tough. Like I think like we're taking the like the fact that people need to work for stuff too. Like if you're a starter and you're going somewhere else, I understand. Like all right, I'm I'm trying to win. I understand that, but I feel like it is kind of crazy with uh-huh. the transfer portal because it is kind of hard to have continuity. It's it is, it's hard to Absolutely. build a relationship with people when you're not. There with somebody for a long time. No, I mean that, and that's that. What makes a, a team a team? Yeah, playing together for time, having experience together, and building that team up to compete at an elite level, and then you just break it apart after one yeah. year. It's well, tough, it's kind of it's like the NBA now. They just they just pick where they want to go, and that's kind of like that's the way people day. people just want to see wins. Like people want to see wins, people want to see points. So that's just kind of the generation we're in now. So it just allow people to go wherever they want, and then if you don't want, it, you just implode it. You know. It's like your golf game, bud. You play great up to October. You take six months off. You got to start over again, bud. It's none of your business, bud. <laughs> I mean, so, anyways, your time at Ohio State. I mean, you have three incredible years there as a linebacker. Um, how awesome was it as an eighteen-year-old kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, playing in the show, big city, bright lights, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that, Columbus. You, that's baby. as good as it gets. Yeah, no, it is. It is as good as it gets. Like to me, I thought it was the perfect mix because, like, Florida is would have been awesome. But it's in Gainesville. That's kind of like I don't like that town. It's like it's it's not much to do there. It's just it's like a college town, which is it's cool. It's dope. It's dope. Like a college town is cool, but right. But Ohio State, Columbus is though at the fifteenth biggest city in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's like that's actually a city, you know. And Ohio State is in the middle of the city, you know. So like, and then in Ohio, people live, breathe, and sweat Ohio State. So. It's- like, if the Browns, if the Bengals, if the Cavs, if anybody was like, hey, we're going to play a game on Saturday, nobody's showing up because everybody's watching Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's so it kind of dope. Like, we're playing Akron, we're playing Toledo's, and literally it's 100,000 people in the stadium. And those teams don't know what the hell to do because they're like, there's 100,000 people here. We're about to get whacked by Ohio State, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, then, and, then I, and I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, man, like, a lot of people, when, you know, you go to certain schools, it's like, man, you might end up on, like, I'm not even trying to like throw shade, but like AT&T Sport Network or Ballet Sports <laughs> or like or you know ESPN Plus and those things. But like Ohio State, you're on ABC every single yeah, Saturday. Fun. It doesn't matter who you play. Yeah, it's Ohio State football, Michigan football, a couple of those other ones. Uh, Texas, at, when they're at their point, it almost is like the Tiger effect, right? You know, yeah. remember when the Tigers showed up, everybody was thinking, oh, shit, like, yeah, your Tiger's here. We're Mentally, we're done. Yeah. That's like Akron showing up at Ohio State. It's like, you're the Tiger. It's, yeah. boys, we're just happy we're here. Like, let's yeah. go try to score points. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was playing a friend of mine. Like, I don't know why we, why we ended up playing them. But, uh, so we played FAMU. Florida, yeah, yeah, FAMU. So like, I don't know why we played them, but uh, we played. Out. We played. Yeah, it was a payout, obviously. <laughs> but like, we came. They came up to Ohio, and like, he, like before the game, like he is telling me, like they was in the locker room, like, yeah, man, like let's upset the world, da 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 da. Like we gonna upset Ohio State. Like by halftime, they was down like sixty. He said yeah. like people were crying at halftime. I was like, man, like, but it's like a rag doll. Yeah, yeah. That- it, was, it wasn't even. Like, I played eight plays that game. <laughs> I, like, I, How many I, interceptions I, you have? I had, I had probably uh, two. No, I have two interceptions. I know I played twelve plays. I had eight tackles. Wow, like, like <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So that's that's a game you jump on on a Saturday, looking at the lines. This is my man right Ohio, here. Ohio State minus sixty five and a half. Book it. Yeah, that is honestly there are games though that's like yeah minus thirty seven and a half. You're like 
Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, we, we, I remember <laughs> it, was, it was one time uh, when I before I got hurt. Like we used to like bet like in the locker room, and it was like, "Hey man, Ohio State's playing da 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 da." They have, like it'll be like the Ohio State's playing Nebraska. Like then people like, uh, "Like you want to bet?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll bet." And it's like I need the spread. I'm like, "What's the spread?" Thirty five. I'm like, "Really? You want thirty five? And it's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, whatever. I'll bet." And then it's like you t- you're taking thirty five points. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. And then we'll win by 42. And it was like, bro, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you That's come, how it is. You, you have an incredible year or career at Ohio State. You, you go early after three, uh, three years. You're picked 15th in the first round. My man keeps going further north and east. Like, he's getting away from Florida. So what comes to your mind as a 20-year-old – you're still a kid – 20-year-old kid – now you're living your dream even more, right? Like the whole, the whole concept here is chasing birdies. We're all chasing birdies in life. No matter what we're doing or what you do in your life, you're chasing the next best thing. You chase the NFL. Yeah. What goes through your mind when the Pittsburgh Steelers call Ryan Chazier? So, like, you remember how crazy my, like, going to the college story was? It was kind of similar with the NFL. So, like, at the NFL draft, I have a really strong class that I was in. And I knew, I was like, I'm, I'm probably going to go, like, 15th or later. Yeah, Khalil Mack was in your draft class. Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, uh, yeah. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. You ever uh, heard of him? Devontae Adams, you know, like, all the, like, you know, uh, Clowney. Like, we, it was, it was, we had a really stacked draft. And so I was like, I'm, I'm probably going to go, like, I felt like I was the best player, but I was like, I'm probably going to go, like, 15 or later. So I was in there just, like, chilling. And so, like, around, like, the 14th, 15th pick, I was like, all right, I'm probably going to get drafted around now until later in the draft. So I started, like, like I was, like, walking around. And so I just I was like, I'm not getting drafted at five. I wished, but I was already – I kind of knew in my head. So I, I like, kind of got back to my seat at, like, 15. And then my agent was like, hey, Ryan, you're about to get drafted by Dallas. Huh. Dallas had the 16th pick. He was like, Dallas called me, they're drafting you. I'm like, all right, cool, perfect. All right, so then – I'm like, I took my whole family, like, oh, man, we're going to Dallas, da-da-da-da. And then – Get your hat already? Yeah, like, your know, hat's right here. Like, they have hats all <laughs> over the place. Like, hat's right here. And then, like, my phone rings. And it's a 412 number. And the only reason I knew, like, because back in the day, like, iPhones didn't say, like, Pittsburgh. You know, it was just be it like – said iPhone. It just say yeah, iPhone or, like, 412. And yeah. Just, so uh, – but I knew it was, like, 412, that's, that's a Pittsburgh number because I had a teammate from Pittsburgh. So I was like, all right. I'm like – so I was like, all right, let me answer this. And then it was uh, Mr. Rooney. And he was like, hey, how you doing, Ryan? Uh, are you ready to be a Steeler? And it's like. <laughs> hey, bud, I was already taken. <laughs> no, but like, so the Steelers had the 15th pick and the Dallas had the 16th pick. So they copped them. Yeah, they, they got, copped you off yeah, Dallas. They, yeah, right before. Like, because mm-hmm. like, Dallas called my agent, so it was already like in stone for them. Like they already probably written it out, and then they end up getting a great pick. They got Zach Martin. He's awesome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, everybody made out, but dude, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But again, the emotions—you're in your mind. You're going to Dallas. You got your hand on your Dallas Cowboys hat. Yeah. Now you're going to Pittsburgh, boys. Pittsburgh, no, but to me, I was actually happy to oh, go to Pittsburgh. Kurt, I was like, to me, because you know, I'm gonna be honest. You know, Coach Tomlin, he's he's an African American male as a coach. I was like, man, it's awesome just looking up to him. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool to. To play underneath him, but then I was like, "What better place to go if you're a defensive player, uh-huh. especially a linebacker, than the Steelers?" Yeah, so as, no, good as, as good as it gets. Yeah, so I was like, that's "Man, the pinnacle." This, yeah, I was like, "Man, this is awesome." So it's like I'm at a defensive defensive team. The city is a blue collar city, and like they love their defense and linebackers. So I was like, "Man, I'm I'm ready to go." So who was on the team when you drafted? Was Brett Kiesel still there? Yeah, Brett Kiesel was there. James Harrison was there. Troy Polamalu was there. They oh, were, a lot of them were obviously like – That end. was like at the end. Yeah, at the end. But, but still, like that's Lord. for you to learn off yeah. of somebody like Troy Polamalu. That, that's, you, can't, you can't buy that. Yeah. I remember my first year playing with Troy. Like I was like – I gave a few, a few touchdowns and I wasn't playing well. And I was like, man, like this is ridiculous, man. Like I can't catch a break. And he was like, Ryan, I should have won uh, offensive rookie of the year my rookie year. I was like, what? He was like, I gave up more touchdowns than any offensive player scored. He said, I gave up like 16 touchdowns. Oh. Something crazy. He was like, my rookie year. He said, I should have won offensive rookie of the year. He was like, now I'm like, look where I'm at. That's he true. Like, he was like, don't worry about it, bro. He was like, just continue to just keep pushing forward. And and like, if you're trying to be great, if you're trying to be good, man, you just have, you're going to take gambles. You're going to mess up and just keep pushing. You're chasing. Yeah. And you had that. You did that on oh, the field. This guy. I was mean, incredible. he was. Yeah, 
it was just so phenomenal to see that speed yeah. in that position. Your damn hands. You yeah. know, and I'm obviously, I don't, you're 29. Yeah. I'm 35, so I'm not much older than you. So, you know, when I watch these guys now, it's like they're, they're literally kids now. I mean, 21 years old playing in the NFL, 22. I mean, yeah. that's 12, 13 years. And I still think to myself, like, they're, they're my age. No, they're 12, 13 years yeah, younger. You're now. limping yeah. to the fridge I mean, to get some milk. I'm laying in bed eating a taste chocolate chip cookie watching football at night. Yeah. And they're out there, you know, doing it, man. But, uh, but no, it was, it, was, it was always an exceptional scene to be able to see the ability and the agility uh, that you brought to the table. But the, the thing about it, too, was during that time period, I mean, you had Dick LeBeau, yeah. which, in my opinion, and, and I'm not a coach or a, a football guru by any stretch, but I think he was an absolute cornerstone for that defense for that run in yeah. those years. I mean, and, and bringing up those guys like the Paul Amalos, James Harrisons. And so you came into that realm there. And, and, you know, I think that was a great learning experience probably. Is that, is that something that you would agree with? That I definitely agree with that with him. And then coach Butts has my linebacker coach. I feel like they did a great job of just making sure you understand your assignment and actually, you know, playing through the defense. A lot of times when you're younger, you try to improvise a lot. You try to like kind of do your own thing. You're like, all right, man, I know I know you know what you're talking about, but I, I know what I'm talking about too. Instead of going this way, I feel like I can go this way type thing. Yeah, and, and they kind of held me accountable and then made me understand. Like, So one thing nowadays that a lot of dudes do is like they just focus on their job. And back in the day, they made me focus on everybody's job so mm-hmm. if somebody makes a mistake i understand how to fill in and i understand how to help them fix their mistake mm-hmm. if you're just focusing on yourself you can't help somebody else that's that's messing up themselves mm-hmm. you know so like if we're lining up and one of my teammates we're supposed to be in like a certain friend or a certain defense and i see like oh man like he's not supposed to be there a hey, bump over or like hey we're in this like you're you're thinking this but we're in this i know it's similar get over you know like that helps so much when it comes to just helping yourself, but also when you're teaching somebody and helping somebody, you you better yourself, you know, and they really help me understand that. So you have a career with the Steelers. The unthinkable happens. What is going through your mind when they pretty much tell you you're not going to walk? Because this, this, this is why I'm so excited that you're here for the Chase and Birdies. This is chasing birdies, what we're about to go into. So what goes through your mind? I mean, you, successful college career, you're, you're at all-time high with the Steelers. You're living life. Uh, you're successful as far as you're concerned. You're living your childhood dream, and that the unthinkable happens. So what goes through your mind? Are you thinking about yourself, I'm walking again, or is it? Yeah, I, that's basically what I told myself. I, was like, I, I, I don't care what nobody says. I'm going to walk. Like I'm, and I told myself I'm going to play football again. Like I, I just kept pushing. And I, I didn't care what anybody said, what what the statistics said, because like my whole life I've always been on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. Like to make it to the NFL, like if you listen to what everybody said, you'll never make it. Mm-hmm. Like the average person they say is like one percent to make it to the NFL. In the NFL, to make it to the Pro Bowl is probably less than one percent, less than two percent. And I did, I did both of those. You know, going in the first round, less than less than one percent, like less than less than one percent. Yeah. You know, so to to break all those odds, I was like, man, I heard you, you told me twenty percent. Twenty percent means I have a solid chance. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, all right. And that's what they told you. Yeah. Twenty percent. Well, they told my family, and my family told me the mentality that you have to have for that to overcome that to keep beating into your your brain every day i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this at some point where you just like i'm giving up or were you just here's the thing that i that i respect so much about you when this all happened you could have gone away and never heard from you again you were out there about it you handled yourself so well i mean think about i mean again so what was the daily chase like for you? So, you know, like, I never told myself, like, I'm not going to do this. It was more like I'm tired, you know. Did, like, you, did you feel any element of, like, a depression? Yeah, I definitely was depressed a few times. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, no, I, I, and I, that's. I, I, definitely, I definitely fought with depression. I was definitely sad. I was definitely, you know, overwhelmed a lot. Um, and 
it, there were times I told myself like why me, but I, I didn't really try to d- dive into that because a why me always has like is something always goes with that. Like, because if you start thinking like why me, then it's attached with something else, you know. Because mm-hmm. like I remember like I was reading the book and it said like when somebody said like why me, so then you're acting like so are you acting for it to be somebody else? Yeah, I see what <laughs> it's you're true. Yeah, you know why what me? Why not someone else? Yeah, <laughs> you're right, right. So I was like, so in the book it says start acting. Why not me? Now, why not be the one that show everybody you can overcome? Why not be the one to show everybody you can get through this? So it kind of helped push me to like, all right, go through it. But I definitely had a lot of moments where I'm like, man, like, like, I, f- I feel like I'm doing everything right. I'm working my tail off. I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, like, I, I'm in the weight room every day. I'm, I'm watching film. I'm not, I'm, I'm working my tail off. But Sometimes you can work your butt off and, and, and still get the, the back end of a of a donkey. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, sometimes right. it just doesn't sometimes it doesn't pan out. It doesn't pan out. You know, but the thing is I still think it panned out for me because I end up like I'm I'm showing people that you can still overcome oh. things that you never thought you would be facing. That's why it's so incredible to see what you did. I mean, again, they literally told you you're not going to walk again. And here you are, you walked into the interview. You're as happy as can be. You have a beautiful wife. You have children. Um, Are you checking out my wife? No, I'm, I'm yeah. messing with you, bro. I'm messing with you. I'm messing oh. with you. All right, boys. Here we go. He's about to tackle <laughs> somebody dude, again. I mean, he all he's got to do is put his arm on you, and you're done. All right, bud. You don't need to tell him that. My weaknesses. <laughs> I mean, it's um, But, again, it's it's truly in, incredible. and and So that goes into a big part of this show, or our whole premise on Chase Birds. I mean, there's an entrepreneurial element that was kind of awakened inside of you right yeah. i mean you now have the ryan shazier fund for spinal rehabilitation mm-hmm. and one thing that i noticed and i'm not saying it's true for all your visits but i was on your website reading about the fund and i want to hear a little bit about it from you you're with people that are bound to wheelchairs and you were in that position potentially for life and here you are walking and your book walking miracle so talk a little bit about the fund for spinal rehabilitation that you started i know it's it's kind of new but also what effect does that have on you when you see someone who is bound to a wheelchair and you know that could have been you what 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 words of advice do you have for them so i always have different words of advice for everybody i talk to and because everybody's story is different different um but to me this is a, like I always try to like break it down. Uh, so most people that send us a, a wheelchair, they probably had a spinal cord injury or some type of illness that put them in a the wheelchair. And the average person that's never, you know, been in that situation would never know what it's like. Like you can't even imagine what it's like, even if you wanted to, you know. Oh my so, god! So like I always, like, I always see people in a wheelchair and I always like, man, it must be tough. It must be hard. I don't understand what they're going through. Like I, I, I really feel for them. But when you're going through it, it's like, man, like this is the worst thing ever. Like, so one thing I try to understand now and that is that I kind of understand where both people are coming from, both situations. And whenever I look at somebody, you know, I, I talk to them about their situation and what happened to them because some people aren't going to walk again. Everybody, like, even and I tell I tell people that I was like, hey, I'm not promising you anything, you know, because. I didn't know if I was gonna walk. I told myself I was gonna walk. I I knew I was gonna walk. I, you know, but yeah, but you you're know, not. but a lot of people don't know if they're gonna walk again. They don't know if they're gonna be standing again. So I tell people, hey, the biggest thing is, you know, you have to have a mentality just to get to where you want to go. You'd like to believe in where you want to be at, and and whenever I talk to someone else, and the foundation is about just allowing people to have independence again and independence can mean so many different things mm-hmm. like all three of us can be at this table and our definition of independence can be different mm-hmm. you know so to me independence was being able to walk again be able to play with my kids be able to just enjoy life not be bound by a wheelchair to somebody else independence can be like hey i just want to be i want to be able to move freely in my house in my wheelchair so yeah. our foundation great um, point it, it helps people when it comes to that so we want to provide more resources, more rehab, and more just uh, like independence and just understanding of the situation that they're in because most people don't know how to deal with it. With that type of injury. With that type of injury. Or like li- lifestyle now. Li- lifestyle also. Like, I, don't, I didn't know anybody that had a spinal cord injury before I got hurt. Most things that people go through, and I'm not trying to make it light of anything, like because cancer is terrible. You know, when people have anything, Ill- illnesses is terrible. 
But a lot of times somebody in your past you've known with that. Like and so you can go talk to them and like, hey, how did you overcome this? How did how are you fighting this? How did you beat this? Like when you have a spinal cord injury, they don't have anybody that they know. The only people you're talking to is the person that's next to you in the hospital, and that person doesn't think he's gonna walk in either. Yeah, and so even it's the doctor. negativity off of negativity. Yeah. So I try to provide I try to we try to provide insight and just uh hope for people. And the average person gets about thirty sessions of rehab after they leave the hospital. And to learn how to walk again, you're going to need more than 30 sessions of rehab. So a lot of times we provide more, like we try to provide more either funding for a rehab, resources for your home, or just even just peer-to-peer like counseling, you know, so we get like people understand like, hey, this is what I went through and like what you're going through now, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. And this is how I overcame it. And this is my mindset to get through it, you know, and and. So that, those are the things we're trying to provide right now. And then we also have another program that we're putting in as well that's going to be able to help the family members because everybody asks, how's Ryan doing? Like, you guys came in, like, how you feeling? Like, how's, you know, people are like, how's your back? How are you doing? How are you doing? And, like, nobody ever asks, like, hey, how's Michelle doing? Like, yeah. what was that like? Like, how was that, like, taking care of somebody that, you know, he once was in the NFL and now he might be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life? Nobody asks the family about that. So we try to provide that's more support for that's those great, families as well. point. Yeah, man. Well, it it is. I mean, in the the name of your book, Walking Miracle. I mean, it's a perfect title. Yeah. Um. So, it, but again, that, like I said, I said a little bit ago, the way that he is handling you, you handle yourself. You know, I look at you on social media. You're positive. You're you're thinking forward. Mm. You're an entrepreneur. You have a book. You have your foundation. Mm. The insurance agency, right? Yeah. You're getting I, involved I, in. Yeah. Right? So I, yeah. I, I own a. Uh, uh, I have a trucking company. Uh, a, car, oh, yeah. a car logistics company, so you know when people are shipping cars across yeah. the country, yeah. then I own an insurance company as well. So, see what I'm saying? I love it. Yeah, you're, you're an entrepreneur, and uh, you're making uh, a situation that is awful. You've made the best of it, yeah. and you are happy in your in your lifestyle. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm truly blessed. You know, obviously, if I can, you know, just. God, like, hey, give me one wish. It's like, if I can play football again, that would be awesome. You know, I probably would. You know, play football again. You know what I'm saying? But um, I always say, like, man, I wish I could have best of both worlds, and obviously you can't. But, like, I wish that, you know, I knew all the people and have all the relationships I have now when I was playing. Mm -hmm. You know, because I had a lot of great and solid relationships then, but I feel like a lot of people I have now are, like, genuinely in my corner, no matter if I play football again or if I, you know, if if I fail or if I win. You're Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Not Ryan Shazier, the football player, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I was like, yeah. man, if I was able to start playing football again and just still be on the same trajectory but just had these people in my corner, man, I feel like, you know, things will be Im- uh, uh, limitless. And I still feel that way. So That's the mindset, man. Yeah. That's great. Do you still go to Steeler games? Yeah, I go to games. I, I probably I, – you, you pick the defense apart a little bit and yeah, talk I, to the guys or what? Yeah, I talk to them. Uh, I don't try to, like – so, when I played – I hate it. I hate it. Like, obviously, they will respect me, but I hate it when people were like, man, like, what are you guys doing? Like, you just should terrible. Be here. You, should, yeah, be that. you should do this. Like, the coaches don't know what they're doing. Uh, I, I hate it when people did that. You know, so, like, I don't do that to those guys. Right. Because, but, like, they know, like, I know, what, like, I can watch them and see what defense they're in. Like, just That's because, so sick. you know, but I don't, I don't go out there like, hey, you need to do this better. You need to do that better because it's like, like you're not like because you're, you're not on the field with us. Yeah. You know? yeah so, yeah. Yeah. so like guys will always hit you with that. But if if somebody asks for advice or asks to talk to me about certain situations, I would. It's funny you say that. I had a buddy that played for the Penguins back in a couple of years ago, and you know we were in a bar, and some kids came up to him and said, "Hey, man, we need to do this. We need to do that." He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "When were you in the locker room last, bud?" <laughs> like, you saying we? Like you're on the team, and yeah. that's the thing about Pittsburgh. I, I know you've noticed that. Pittsburgh fans are freaking nuts, dude. This is awesome though, because that's that you know, <laughs> fan, fan comes from fanatic. You know, like people that are diehard love the game, and like you want that type of people there. You want like obviously, I hate when people boo. Like even when my son went to a game, I remember like something happened in the still a game before the crowd was like boo, and then my son was like boo. I'm like, don't do that, because the thing is, I was like, imagine, uh, imagine if you were a dentist and you did a bad job, and the dude was like boo. Yeah. Like, the dentist will be like, yo, like, you can't do that. So, like, it's the same thing with football players, but people just, 
feel like they can say whatever to us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I try to teach my kid that, like, don't do that. But to me, I think it's awesome to have that because when you're winning, when you're, like, it, but they're passionate, you know. They're like, so passionate. Like, they're not booing at Jacksonville games. They're just not coming. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I, I'd rather you be there and then support us and it's like, hey, we're we're part of this because like when people come and we have a big time game, that's how we win games yeah, when you know people are jumping off sides, when you know, when you're like booing the other team, you know, like when like I think that's awesome. So for you, oh, uh, uh, for you, you played with Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, he he just retired. I don't think people realize how good he really was. No, they really don't. They because really because they just want him gone. Yeah. Because he's been for it. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how mobile he was and, and just he, no, was, he was a smart yeah. dude. And the, what, the, what, the, biggest, like, the biggest thing I would say that, like, Ben is really good at. And then I'm going to be honest, like, even people, you know, because I do a little bit of broadcasting and analyzing and stuff. And I, I've also talked about, like, just, like, the transition of with and without Ben. And I think people forget, like, the biggest trait that Ben has is that he's just a winner. Like, mm-hmm. he figures out a way to win, no matter what situation is. Like He doesn't throw the towel in ever. Ever. He doesn't throw the towel in ever, and then he always wins. Like, obviously, what, Ben has two championships, two Super Bowls? Yeah. He has, two more than me. Yep. And he has two Super Bowls, and then everybody's like, oh, he's, you know, he's not playing the same. It's like, yeah, he's not playing the same. But he's been your quarterback for 18 years. Yeah. And you won two, and what yeah, took it to three? It took you to three. Like name, name other teams. Is it, like the Browns. Their quarterback. They haven't had a, a championship in since since football was book began. Like NFL was began, but it was before the NFL began. The AFL. But what pisses me off about all this is the, the guy that's criticizing Ben Roethlisberger. He's he's out of breath walking to the fridge to grab a piece of pizza. Yeah, like, like you haven't done anything. <laughs> no, I agree. Hey, that's I agree. what annoys me. Is yeah. that like that's the and that's the that's the tough thing about it, you know and. That's why I don't try to, like, criticize guys a lot, you know, because it's just people don't understand how hard it is. And then, you know, say if, you know, Ben does something, everybody's going to blame him. But it might not even be his fault. It might be somebody else's fault. So for, so for us, for sure. we're, we're okay golfers. Yeah, definitely. Like, we're okay golfers. And What's know, okay? Like, what's your handicap? So I'm a zero. That's, that's better than okay, but all right. What about you? Same. And you guys are Zero. telling me to come golf with you guys. I well, don't because we're going to teach you, bud. We're going to get into that. I, said, I don't have a handicap. Like, we're going to get into that. I'm that bad. Like, so, no. We, we, but we'll my get point, you a handicap. My point is, yeah, is that we, we, play, like, <laughs> we're, we're, we play in these member guests, right? And we make it to a shootout where everybody that's playing watches you. And there's like 40 people watching, bud. And, like, we're pretty good at golf. And I'm nervous as shit with 40 people. You got Tiger Woods mm-hmm. over here. With millions of people eyes on him on a Sunday at a major, and he's just staring it down. You don't realize how good professional athletes are. Yeah, no, it really matters. Like for instance, like yeah. it is tunnel like, vision. Yeah, you have to have tunnel vision. Like when we're when we're playing football, like like I said, like I would love when the crowd is real hype and real yeah, loud. Yeah, get but, after it. But I didn't hear anything that they were like when they're screaming. I didn't hear them. No, like I literally, I I, I was so focused in if like if we was in the game like. I could talk to you, talk to him, and I hear you. I hear them, but I don't act like the fans can be as loud as hell. But I'm just like I'm just locked in. Before we get into golf talk, because I know we're going to get into a little yeah, golf right. talk, obviously. How many plays do you think I would survive in the NFL? It depends <laughs> what position you play. <laughs> like if I was a running back, a running back. And so I'm done. The, the thing is, the thing is, a running back. Okay. You're going to run the other direction. I mean, I'm 150 pounds. The, the thing is, is like if you're fast and elusive, you can make it. But it just you have to understand like your skill set. So, like for instance, Tyreek Hill is extremely fast. Like uh, Hollywood Brown is extremely fast. Deontay Johnson extremely fast. Yep. Right. Deontay is more quick than fast. He's fast though, but more quick than fast. Those guys, they understand. Like, all right, I catch the ball, I get my yards, I'm getting down. Yeah. So like so they get down. So, taking if, hits. so if you if you understand how to do that, then you'll be all right. But if you're over here trying to like, like not run people over, but like break tackles <laughs> and all that, then, then, then you, that's what you go. Get. You got a short lived career there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So um, oh, as we were talking about, you know, you you haven't gotten into the golf yet, but we're gonna change that. No, we're, I've gotten in golf. Like I, I used to golf before I got hurt. I wasn't good. I probably had a decent handicap, like. 15 or, 15 right. or something like that. I'll like, take you. Hit the ball. But yeah. it works right. if anybody wants to fight, we'll go. Yeah. I can, so. like, the thing is, like, I can hit the ball consistently. I just don't practice enough, and I don't go enough. You know, so, like, I'm not. That's it. That's the that's the key. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, what's golf? Like, what what is golf for you? Like, if you, 
No, I love golf. I like the game. I like the game a lot. It just to me, like normally when I would go with people, it would be more like I'm going to like cheer my friends on and drink I'm, some beers and, drink, and watch them. And I'm, and I'm but the thing is like you're drinking beer. I can't drink beer, so I drink like tequila. Yeah. What kind of tequila? Casamigos, Class Azul? Class Azul is my go-to. Casamigos is a, a nice nice secondary for sure. Yeah, I and like boys. it. Well, we're in the same wavelength. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get you dialed on that. We'll get our friend Neil Walker, your neighbor, too. Yeah, yeah. He's been on the show. He'll be here in a little bit, so we'll, we'll make that introduction to neighbors. Uh, you know what's so crazy? <laughs> you know what's so crazy to me? I'll introduce like, you to your neighbor today. So, like, Mr. Networker. This is this is what's crazy to me. Like, Neil, I don't know, I don't know what... Uh, College he went to, but he like, didn't go. Yeah, it's crazy. So like, so like, you know, it's so crazy. Right? <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. Like, so me and Neil's uh, uh, development is less than five minutes from his high school, and so like Pine he Richland. went to he went to Pine Richland, got drafted. What first round? First round, yeah. yeah. To the Pirates, the Pirates. Uh-huh. and then moved right back by his high school. <laughs> like. How like, does hey, that bud, work? Like, like, hey, bud, when you meet him, you understand. No, I'm like, just hey, saying, bud, but like, you, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you get drafted in high school, it's like, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just going to plant my seed right here. <laughs> I'm just staying right here. You know well, what it's saying? a whole baseball family. I mean, the brother, the dad, you know, they were all, I don't know. I mean, no, I, I, did you, I, I met him before, like, at the facility. He came. Right. And, like, I, we just never, I have his number in my phone. Like, I, we text a few times and just, like, I just you should call him today and say, hey, Neil, um, I'm up Nemecolon, buddy. If you're happen to be around, he's on, he's so excited. He's on the way here. He thinks we're going out to play golf, bud. It's 40 degrees outside. Well, he just had blow. shoulder surgery, too, so he can't play golf. Yeah, um, no, but I definitely, I definitely want to, like, start playing with you guys so I can, you know, get good. You know? Well, and, yeah. and what's really cool is May 21st, right? May 21st? 13th. May 13th, you're having a charity event at Fox Chapel Field Club. Yeah. Sunday night, you're having a dinner, mm-hmm. right? And so, then- so it's actually Thursday or Friday. Okay. But yeah. where the hell are you getting these dates and days from? <laughs> but I saw the, like, I mean, it's like. <laughs> it's cool, though. I right, good. But, like, you- <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Where the, the, the proceeds are going? Um, is it for your foundation? Who's all coming? So, Cause I'm sure you have some personalities coming. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's for my foundation and joint venture with me and UPMC. Okay, cool. So we're, we're doing it together. Uh, PNC bank is the uh, presenting sponsor. And, uh, so it's going to be at the Fox Chapel field club and, uh, oh, <laughs> and then it's going to, uh, the Ryan Shades air fund and the other portion of the proceeds are going to UPMC in their foundation as well. And then Cam Hayward, he's going to, he's going to be there. Then I've, I've contacted a few of the stillers and see if they'll be there. I don't want to make any guarantees yet. So I don't want to say any names. And then, you know, they might not show. Well, yeah. after we get but, off the, I, but a lot of guys said they're going to try to make it. And after we get off this, well, we can put our heads together and see who we can get there for you as well. If you'd like our help. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. If you can get tiger, you know, but if I get him for you, we're going to, we're going straight to him, pick him up. Hey, bring them to you. Yeah, we we're, we're covering travel too. All right. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if Tiger's like commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, bud, you're up. Southwest. You're C thirty though, huh? Yeah. No, he's. That's great though. Yeah, it, it's that's awesome. awesome. And I think it's it's just that's great, amazing. Because um, so we have a, a program called the Golden Window Program, and so that program we can you know portion off at least like fifteen thousand dollars to uh, like an individual. To to give to you know either improving improving the things in their homes, uh, giving them more rehab because like I told you guys, the average person gets thirty sessions of rehab. So if we can provide more rehab to give them opportunity to walk again. So is that and again, this is probably a, a different conversation, but is that covered by insurance or is that coming out of pocket for that individual? So so the thirty sessions is covered by insurance. Okay, and then after that, it's on you. It's on. The individual. Oh, the individual. Right. Well, it's not <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan hey, guys, Ryan Shazier is paying for everything. <laughs> yeah, right. It's on individual. But the average cost, the average cost uh, for an individual that is getting uh, rehab for a spinal cord injury by themselves is about $500 a session. So, and that, like, people don't realize that there's not a lot of people out there that can afford that. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, it's, it's very, 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 very few. Very few people yeah. can afford that. So, no. Um, you know, the 15000 it can get portioned off to, like, what they want. You know, if they want more rehab, like, a portion of it can go to rehab. A portion of it can go to, like, adding ramps or elevators into the 
elevators into their homes. I was about to say escalators, my fault. <laughs> elevators into their homes and just allow people to be able to move freely and just give them more opportunities to have more independence. Awesome. I, I think, uh, you know, Mr. Tom Smith is sitting right here, but I think that maybe you know, late 2022 or 2023, we're doing a little, we're doing a little event with Ryan Chazier for his foundation. Somehow we want to get involved, whatever it is. We want to help you guys out. So no, I, I really um, appreciate that. Really we appreciate can talk that. off air over a cigar or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, a couple of those yeah, I, for you. I, 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 I seen a few downstairs that I, yeah. you know, I got my eye on. Uh huh. Yeah. So we, speaking of, we are at Nemecolon. You're here. Uh, you're with your wife. I'm not going to say anything because you almost beat me up last time. Uh, but you just had you just had seafood for the first time ever here at beautiful Nemecolon. Yeah, it was my first time. So I, I thought it would be so in Nemecolon, so, PA. In Nemecolon, PA. You know, at, yeah, uh, or Farmington, Farmington, PA. Farmington, PA. That's yeah. Right. So what's so, what's so crazy is I have a, I have a nutritionist because I want to start eating healthier. I want to lose like 20 pounds, but then I end up finding out the nutritionist I have like. She specializes in autoimmune disease. When we have an alopecia, that's an autoimmune disease. So we end up doing some blood work and just trying to see, like, all right, what's your allergy so we can make sure we have a diet plan for you. Uh-huh. And then I was like, yeah, I'm allergic to seafood and, and nuts. You know, I know I've been like that since my whole life. So we do the blood test and then urine and, you know, you do blood, urine, and uh, poop. Poop? And, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my man, he takes more shits than anyone. But hey, okay. hey, that's a like, good thing, like though. A that's a good like, thing, man. Uh, I, somebody just uh, said on Instagram I seen the other day, you should take five to seven poops a day. What? Like, There's no way. Poops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can cuss on here, so I'm not. Yeah, you to go can. Crazy. You can say whatever you, you, whatever you want. want. Hey, no, I'm just. Hey, well, I'm. Uh, I don't know what. It's, I don't know. I'm not gonna say shit. Yeah, but, but, there you go. <laughs> right, so, but I like the word poop. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, we did that, and then when the test came back, it was like, yeah, right. You're allergic to uh, cauliflower. Like, I'm not allergic. So I'm not allergic to anything. I'm just really sensitive to it. Uh-huh. I have a parasite in my stomach that she said that I had in the last 20 years, and so now I have to just like clean out this parasite because the parasite basically activated my autoimmune like trigger, which caused me to have alopecia and then like be very. Uh, sensitive to a lot of foods and a lot of things like that so i was like all right cool so in that test it told me that I'm, I'm like oranges strawberries chocolate coffee damn you know coffee, like everything good yeah, coffee makes yeah. you poop no matter what yeah. but i thought it was gonna be like seafood but it, it was like tuna crab and cod those are the ones that it was like uh right now ryan don't eat like don't eat those right How now they hone in on those yeah so like it was just because they have, they, like, basically, like, I think they, through the blood, they do, like, every, like, they put your uh, blood with all these, these uh, different foods. So, I thought, like, nuts would show up, and I thought, like, all seafood would show up. But you've been missing out. Yeah, so, like, my whole life, my parents have been lying to me, man. Like, <laughs> so, know, so, so when your like, wife was here yesterday, she, like, today's the day we're doing it. No, so I told her, like, like we're going to go to Nemecola, I know, like, we're going to actually get, like, good seafood. I know it's going to be, like, fresh. I know it's going to be healthier. You know, yeah. So I was like, all right, now I'll try here, you know, so I can at least go on vacation, like vacation. You know, yeah. we have my EpiPen on the side. I have the drill go. ready. So I was like, all right, well, let's see. And so we, uh, so I tried uh, shrimp for the first time or prawn, or, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you call it. That's mm-hmm. a fancy word for it. Yeah. And then I had uh, Chilean sea bass mm-hmm. and scallops. Well, they were fire. Well, I'll tell you this much, but I, <laughs> you went straight seafood out yeah. the gate. Yeah, I went. I straight. mean, you went shrimp, Chilean sea bass. I just, so, and, so I ate a lot of the shrimp. The the sea bass, like my tongue was like a little itchy, but my wife said it could have been like more mental. But I, I ate like I ate like half of it. I didn't eat all of it. So, but it, I was like, man, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, yeah, let me just get some French fries and a burger, and I'm just gonna relax <laughs> for the rest of the day. But it was kind of cool, just like the. Like to know try new now, things, yeah, right? to, to try new things, and then I thought this would be a good place to try it because I know the food's gonna be like, yeah, oh yeah, top. Legit. Tonight's gonna be yeah. a good one tonight, boys. The Italian restaurant, you like Italian, right? Yeah, I love Italian. There we yeah. go, we're in, and then we're gonna have cigars. We're gonna do, uh, we'll get him some tequila, you some tequila, me red wine, and everyone's happy. And we all go to sleep happy. Yep. And you got your gout going on, so that's it, good. That's so for me. <laughs> I mean, my man. I'm like 75 years old. I take a million shits a day. Well, Ryan said he thought you were pushing 50. I said, no, he's 36. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I take a million shits a day. I got gout. <laughs> I got high cholesterol. I mean, but. Hey, I have a nutritionist for you. She can help you out for let's, sure. We'll talk, but I'm telling you, like, if I eat those scallops, this thing right here, I couldn't bend it. It would be this big. Like, why is that, though? It's it's gout. Like, what is gout? It, it Pretty much, it's, it's molecules 
it's like molecules that attack your joints, swells your joints up. You can't bend those joints. I'm saying, but like what, like what? So it's a like, reaction to shellfish, red wine, uh, red. You meat. just said you're about to eat yeah, drink I wine. I know. My medication with me, man. I got my. So, I, so this is what I'm saying. Like I'm gonna get you in touch with my nutritionist. There we go. And then so. Well, my nutrition, she was like, Ryan, you're allergic to a lot of this stuff. You, you think you're allergic to a lot of this stuff. Are we having a reaction? Um, you probably have a parasite in your gut. You, let's clean out your gut. And then we're going to, like, allow it. Like, so you take all this stuff out for, like, 40, 50 days. Not happening. And then, hey, well, you're not, you're not this way. So you're not chasing I'm not, birdies. though. He's chasing pars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that's, that's it, man. That was good. That was good. a good one. That was yeah. good. That's that's a good, good one, Ryan. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. B cat, you'll meet B cats. He's our little uh, buddy here, and uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got gout. He gets gout in his foot. He can't walk, so he dude. can't walk. So we'll be golfing, and he's like, "Fuck, I got gout." He's limping he everywhere, walk. dude. It's it, it's the mo- it's, it's so painful. painful. I'm, I'm saying, saying, but like, you should try like at least just talk to her. I'll know? talk to her, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, you her. introduce me to her, I'll talk to her. Yeah. But red wine is my like. I'm saying, but like, I'm, I'm, all I'm asking you is to cut it out for like a month. If you cut it out for a month, you might not have gout ever again. There you go, bud. If she Take tells his, me to cut cigars out for a month, we're out. Take his advice. I'm just saying, hey, but the rest I can I can work with. Like she like the thing is she she lets you live life. She's like, hey, right. do this, like do that. But she's like, hey, these certain things, like just cut them out for a month, and then most likely you'll be good after that. Is she in Pittsburgh? She's actually in uh, Cleveland. Oh nice. But like you don't really Cleveland need to Clinic? See it. No, uh no. She right. works for the Cavs. Oh nice. Yeah. But I'm go. gonna tell you one day one day I'm getting closer and closer running out of a tunnel. For someone, I want to run out of the tunnel for the Steelers or something when the fireworks are coming out. Something. I'm getting closer. You're to close it. to the rink, bud. At some point, 35 years ago. Hey, uh, this was awesome. This was so cool. I we we, we got to be honest with you. I mean, you know, us being from Pittsburgh, having you here, uh, telling your story, you have truly made the best out of uh, out of what you've been dealt for for your whole life, and it's been it's been incredible to, to talk to you. And I can't wait to talk tonight and get to know you a little bit more and, and your wife. Um, we're gonna roll it over to our, our last segment, which is called the Tapping Segment, and uh, it's brought to you by Betnardi Golf. It's easy questions for you to answer, quick witted answers. It's not gonna be too difficult. What does it mean to you to be a dad? Oh man, uh, it's everything. Like my kids, sometimes they're definitely pains, but uh, pain in the butt. But they're awesome, man. Like when I come home, it's it's awesome. Like when we're like driving in, and you can see them like running to the door, and just always like you know, daddy, or just always being there for them. And then now my kids are getting into sports. It's just it is awesome, man. Because just to know that somebody like loves you genuine just because mm-hmm. you're you're that like you 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 put the effort in and like they just want to be around you just because yep. of who you are yep. and um i think it's like the most genuine love that somebody can give you that's well said biggest uh, accomplishment my biggest accomplishment oh man that's a tough one because i feel like i've i've been through a lot of different like ups and downs you know so you i don't i think my biggest accomplishment is just like being able to walk again mm-hmm you know, because a lot of people, like, I think more people didn't think I would walk again than, than make the NFL. Yeah. So I think, you know, being able to walk again is probably my biggest accomplishment. I'd agree to that. Your favorite yeah. football moment. Oh, man. And that can be a play. It can be being drafted. Whatever you want. It could be college. Um, my favorite football moment is we played Wisconsin one year, and Monty Ball was, like, trying to break the touchdown record. And he, like, jumped up to try to, like, Scored a touchdown, and I met him in the air, punched the ball out, and then we recovered it and won the game. Let's go, boys. Yeah. I think That's I took sick. the under on that one. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Your favorite cigar? Oh, man. Uh, what's the one I had last night I told you? The Macadudo, right? Yeah, Macadudo. Yeah. That's my favorite cigar so, so far. So far? Yeah, like, I've had a lot of cigars in my life, and um, I haven't had one that was like that one yet. So that's, oh, I'm, I'm going to put, put you up to the challenge tonight, bud. We're going to have something good. I'm not a full-body guy, though. I'm more of like a light, light mile, mm-hmm. you know, medium type All right, guy. well, I'll pivot right now knowing that, and uh, we'll be good. Make um, it happen. You're a full-body type of guy? I, I like medium plus the full. Depends upon what he looks like. I mean, sometimes... I'll, he, try, I'll, I'll try it. So, I'll try so, it. So here, here, I'm more willing to try I'm, I'm willing to try most things, though. So, so. So, so here's what I tell people. Like, you're going to eat a good Italian dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Then you, you can smoke a full-body cigar. If you wake up in the morning and just smoke a full-body cigar, you're going to feel like shit all day. Yeah. Like, if you eat something, you're good. All right, cool. All right, I'll try it. So, guys, Ryan Shazier, thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, this was incredible. 
now go enjoy your day at Nemecolon. You got been incredible to us, and and we can't wait to see you tonight. You got an invite down south here to West Virginia and Bridgeport. I'm gonna take you to Pete Dye Golf Club. All right, you're gonna have a blast. Uh, this sounds like we'll get time. Pep. We'll get maybe Neil. Uh, we'll get some people bring you down there. I think you really enjoy it. All right, cool. That sounds like that sounds like a good time yeah. for sure. All right, thank you. No, thank you guys on, for having me. And it's awesome to hear your story. It's awesome to see you're doing great. Your family's doing great. Your wife's doing great. Your kids. And now your business career is taking off. So kudos to you, man. I appreciate you guys, man. I enjoy being on here, you know, and uh, it's always great to come here. Great episode there, huh? If you're not touched by that episode, yeah, uh, you're not human. But again, the guy is as nice as it gets. Okay, number one. He never got down once about his injury. He, I mean, did you that ever regret hit. anything? And he yeah. said no. Uh, little, little depression there, but everybody has that, dude. Everything we we covered everything. In we that, covered man. everything. Poop. I mean, poop. I mean, gee whiz, man. It was just like it was, it was all over the map. But it was good, man. It was phenomenal. It was good. Uh, he's a great guy. Again, we're coming to his party tonight and then playing golf tomorrow. So we're really looking forward to it and. He's become a friend of the show. I think we're going to see more of him. And he's doing a, his charity is incredible, man. People yeah. don't realize how expensive it is to, to have rehab and things like that. And insurance only covers so much. And uh, the co-pays and, and all that that goes into it. People don't realize that it's very expensive. So And, and, and it's people that have had life-changing events, man. Exactly. Like, like imagine if yeah, exactly. you lost a thumb. Yep, exactly. I mean, and you ain't going to hit the ball anymore, bud. When you beat Kind of probably wouldn't look look the same a little bit, but anyways, point being is phenomenal. Thank you to Ryan for coming on here on Chasing Birdies. And we also want to thank Nemecolon for having us in Ryan to the resort. Um, again, check them out at nemecolon.com. They do a phenomenal job. I mean, even if you want to have a company party there or mm-hmm. a company retreat, they've got everything there to make you feel comfortable. It's a five-star resort through and through. You know, we love it there. It's a very special place to the Chasing Birdie boys. And, uh, I mean, it is in Farmington, PA, not Nemecol in PA, um, even yeah. though Ryan thought that was where it was. Yeah, he so, didn't know. Which, he hey, said, I thought this was in Nemecol. Yeah, but, yeah, but, again, um, thank you to Nemecol and check them out. Yeah, guys, and thank you all for your continued support here on Chase and Birdies for listening. And uh, next episode drop is with Taylor Cusack. You may know her from Instagram. You can check her out on there and see all her golf you know, kind of. It's a two ninety, but she said, but she smokes it, man. So we look forward to having her on here on Chasing Birdies. I hope y'all have a enjoyable day today. Kicks off the AT and T Byron Nelson last year. KH Lee won it, tore up the course, twenty five under par. So we'll see what happens this year. I'm not picking anyone because the last time I picked the horse, he wasn't even playing. So we ain't <laughs> doing that shit anymore. No, no. Um, I'll take Jordan Spieth though. Yeah, yeah, take him <laughs> if he's in it. He's in it. Dude, I, I took Jordan at the uh, Hilton Head, the Heritage, plus uh, whatever he was, 4,100, 200, 8,200 play. Bingo. Uh, first and last time I'll ever do that shit. Well, and then I lost and, it all. And then you spent it on NBA. Travel. Gone. See ya. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening here, Chasing Birdies. Check us out online, chasingbirdies.com. Uh, get some good swag, chasing underscore birdies on Instagram. Thank you to Evo and his team at Simpler Media for putting this together. Rachel London and Jacqueline for all your social media help. And chip it and sip it. Amen.